Okay? Who is flu? Say amen. amen. Two weeks. Come on. I need new lungs. <laughs> it's very good to be here with you. It's very good to be with friends. Uh, I'm not high tech. My tablet, I prefer old school, old style. Uh, I feel really home every uh, weekend when we can stay together, see all the faces, and build more relationship. It's amazing. It's very good to be here. Uh, thank you for, for your love, to be so kind with us. I'd like to start to talk with you about, uh, I'd like to introduce you a friend. Do you have the, the photo, Mario's photo in there? I have a friend called Mario. Mario. Mario is this guy. And I don't know if you can see from the back. Mario is a very funny uh, pastor. He's a pastor in my country, a very nice guy. He works with the suffering church, the persecuted church around the world. But in many hard and difficult places, the bases are in uh, Iraq, Syria, Sudan, places in Africa as well. And he works helping uh, the persecuted church around the world. And Mario starts with some friends, a mission called more in our language is mais, more. What's the, uh, the goal? More is to help the suffering church around the world in their own countries. So the basis and, uh, is in their own countries. They don't want to take the church out from their uh, countries. They want to help the church in there, to preach, to stay in there, and they have bases around the world and many, many different places for the suffering church. Now, a few years ago, Mario was working with church, even North Korea as well. And our country, we don't have culture or laws specifically to receive refugees. It's not like German or here and countries around Europe. So in Brazil, this is new. And then we start from 2011 with the war in Syria. We start to receive and to open the, the country to receive these uh, refugees. And Mario, uh, our brothers and sisters in there, pastors, preachers, Christians in there, start to look for Mario. Mario, take us for your country. Because it's not so hard. The, the, the paperwork is easy. Uh, we can start to work. We can start straight away to build our lives in there. They don't need to wait one year, two years for a specific visa to start. They can already start to work and build their lives again. And they asked this for him. In the first moment, he was very happy. And we have been talking, yes, let's help our brothers and sisters. And we start to call for many different churches with some projects. But then he stopped it. And he fell down in some kind of crisis because Wait, I will be collaborating to kill the church in the Middle East. Because they are there. They are preaching there, they are talking about Jesus, and they have amazing stories about the Muslims and even soldiers from, from ISIS receiving Jesus. Amazing miracles, stuff is happening there. But if I start to receive them in my country, I will kill the church in there. Then, my God, what, what should I do? Because they are dying there. We can help here. 
But who will preach in that? Who will be the church in that? And then he starts to pray with some friends and pray and pray and weeping and crying and begging and asking for the Lord some answer and praying hours and hours and days and days and weeks and months praying for the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him through the scriptures, but in some specific moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And he said, Mario is not there that the church is dying. He's not in the Middle East. If you look for the history, never the persecution killed the church. Never. The deep roots of the Christians in that country is amazing. If you sit with some family from Syria, he was talking about, uh, do you remember? When that 21 uh, uh, brothers were, was killed by the, the Islamic State, that video, he was with the family, with the mom. He, she lost two uh, sons in that video, two of them. And the third one was on her side, and she was crying, and she was saying, I thank you, I praise the Lord, because that man's make my son to see Jesus faster. He's waiting for us. I forgive them. It's another level. And then we start to talk, to pray about this. And Steve sent me mail, invited me to preach today this series about Galatians. And we will read Galatians chapter 3, the first verses. When I read this text, I understood that Paul is giving some kind of ingredients about how to kill a church. Today, you leave this place, you know and learn how to kill a church. It's there. When I read Galatians 3, I thought, oh my God, what has happened here? I am the Galatians here in this text. There are at least two simple, just two ingredients that I would like to highlight with you about what has happened uh, with the church. So before we go for the text, I would like to pray with you. Let's close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we love you. We invite you this morning here. We praise your presence. We don't need more informations. We need a powerful revelation Holy Spirit, may the fear of the Lord fall upon this place this morning. Let there be reverence before him who is three times holy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have Galatians 3, the text. Can we read? I like when you read because I love your accent. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, Let's read on three. One, two, three. Let's go. One, two, three. Now trying to finish 
I love this text. First ingredient Paul is sharing with the Galatians. How to kill a church. The first ingredient. The church dies when the prophets, the preachers, the leaders, the pastors, they lose their prophetic voice. If you read again this text, you see Paul is asking six Questions for the Galatians. Six rhetorical questions. He don't want the answer. If you read again, he's angry. And look at these words. It's almost offensive. Rude. Almost. Mm. Can you imagine? Sunday morning in the church in Galatians. Oh, let's read. We receive a letter from Paul Emeo. Open Emeo. Put it in the screen. He starts. Are you foolish? Oi. I came for the church to listen to something. Nice, to make me feel happy. Uh, I feel depressed now. Take my violin. Are you foolish? And he starts to, I can imagine Paul, I don't know if it was Paul to write or look, but I can imagine how angry he was. Paul is angry, he's correcting the church. Because they start, you know, I have this series about Galatians, you have been listening about this. They start in the grace, they start to, to go for the ways of the law, to try to please God by their own uh, strength. And Paul, no, this is wrong, stop now, I need to do something. Galatians, this is a wake-up call for Galatians. Galatians, bring back, I am the prophetic voice here, I, I need to tell you something. You are foolish. Now, uh, last week, I went on the parents' evening of Barbara. Yes, can I tell you everything? Can I, can I share everything? It was an uh, amazing, very good experience. But one teacher, what's the name? Mr. Shaw? Shaw? Shaw is a different name from biology. We sit together, he opened the laptop, and he started to show for me the marks and everything about Barbara. She's an amazing student, blah, 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 blah. But there's one point that she needs to improve. Okay. The way that he was talking to me, the guy was afraid to tell me something. The guy has almost, oh, excuse me, sorry, I don't want to offen be offensive, but your daughter, and I was looking, and I started, sorry, you can tell me what happened. No, because she's brilliant. Okay, let's go to the point. She's amazing, she's brilliant. Because now everything is so politically correct. Everybody's so offensive for everything. I keep saying for my daughters, for Barbara as well, why you cannot learn this? They are going for the third language now. They speak English better than me. They correct me. Now let's go for the next step. Why you cannot? We gave you milk when we were baby. You have shape, size, brain, normal. God gave you neurons a lot. You can use. Why you cannot learn? Why you cannot improve, increase your... Oh, but no. It's offensive. We live in this time now. So the pastors, the leaders, 
they are hostage of the politically correct. I have friends around the world. I have friends in different churches. I was talking with a friend, his pastor in Toronto, Canada. And I, I talked with Abel as well. We have, I have a friend in, in Bolivia. And last month, we have a crisis in Bolivia. All the preachers, the pastors in the streets crying, praying for the church in Bolivia because they had a new law in there to take for the jail. The pastors, the preachers, they are crying in front of the parliament in the streets. And they have been talking. And sometimes we talk. Oh, I cannot preach against the sin because my church is really offensive. I cannot talk about this. I cannot talk about that. And we are killing the prophetic voice in the church. Why you cannot speak about some kind of stuffs? Why you cannot speak, speak about the sin? Oh, don't talk about for the, financial, the financial contribution. that you Don't talk about money. No. Why not? You know what my friend told me? Oh, Daniel, come on, but do you think I am kind of prosperity preacher? But are you? I oh, know. What's the point? Everybody wants to be nice. And the church has to be correct. Paul is saying, Galatians, wake up. This is wrong. Come back, Galatians. Why you are so foolish you're not seeing? Paul is not gagged by the, oh, this is not good, this is offensive, this is not polite. He really don't care. Because only the truth can set us free. So, preach against the sin, the God's judgment, and this is right. And this is the word of God. You know what has happened? Only in December, now, in the last December in my country, four pastors committed suicide. We have 70% of the American pastors in depression. They are depressed. 1,500 1, of the leaders in the church, they give up for the church every month. 80, 80% believe that the church is messing their personal lives with their wives. A friend of mine was preaching in another country. The guys took him on the airport. Oh, before I go for the hotel, uh, let's play golf. We don't have golf in Brazil. So, oh, nice, I want to see, well, how is this? And they took him for the golf. Oh, okay, how is the rules? How this world? Oh, this is nice. They start to share. Okay. In some moment, this pastor, he, he he opened his mouth to say, oh, you know what the God has put in my heart? And he stop, stop, stop. This is a break time. We're not here to work. <laughs> what has happened? In our narcissistic era, we cannot, oh, we cannot talk about nothing. We cannot talk all the lyrics in the songs. It's not for God, it's for the, the, the audience. It's to make me feel happy, beautiful. It's to make me feel nice because Jesus is cool. Uh, there's an American website called Ashley Madison. I don't know if you, a few years ago was a, was a great scandal around the world. This website helped you to find an affair. Okay? It's a secret. 
And some hackers, they went on this website, they broke the system, security system of the website, and they shared with everybody the list with all the names was in that website. Guess what? 400 preachers was in there. Some of them committed suicide. Losing the prophetic voice from the pulpits will kill the church. It's not in the Middle East that the church is dying, my friend. It's not there. It's not there in the Iraq, Syria. It's where we have too much. When we have money, when we have freedom, when we have conditions, when we have Bibles in our shelves, red, black, with different language in our pockets, in our phones, and you never read. We don't have more passion for the Word of God. We don't stand and pray and pray for the God open the heavens. It comes down over you. No. 20 minutes is the time and average of daily prayer of one pastor. How we want to see the glory of the Lord. Now, Paul is saying for Galatians, he's being a prophetic voice for them. We are not clients or customers to be satisfied in the church all the time. Because our brothers and sisters in the past, they, they were chilled by the lions in the Coliseum. But now, if we had 10 minutes more in the service, we start to complain. Oh, we don't have car parking in that church. Oh, in that church, they don't have a playground for my kid. So this is the moment that we need man and woman of God stand behind the pulpit, preaching the truth for the church, and saying, if you are struggling with the same sin, repent. <laughs> repent. doesn't matter if you are here for the first time today or if you are here for 20 years in this church. Today is open for you the throne of the grace and mercy. But in some day, my friend, you'll be the throne of the judgment. And the problem is not hell, the devil, the Satan. The problem is, in Revelation, isn't there, the wrath of the Lamb. So now it's time. The church needs to come back for his prophetic voice. That's why Paul is writing, Are you so foolish? Oh, Paul, this is not nice. Uh, they will feel offended. They can leave the church. Oh, Paul, come on. We need the money to keep the church working. What happened? Acts chapter 2. Peter was preaching. In the end, the audience, the people, they cut their hearts. And they say, brothers, what shall we do? What's the answer, Peter? Repent. Repent. Our generation does not accept exhortation or correction. Our generation becomes a weak generation. The pulpits, the states, the pulpits are weak. We do not accept to be confronted by the word of God. The word of God is a mirror. Sometimes there are some kind of preachers, some kind of sermons. When I finish to listen, I don't know if I hate that guy or if I love him. <laughs> because it's painful. And I remember Psalms 141 verse 5. Let the righteous man strike me. This is be kindness. Let him rebuke me. This is all you over my head. 
show Paul in the backstage, I can imagine, writing for Galatians. Hey, Paul, this has happened with the Galatians. Let me pray first. And the Holy Spirit came over him, and he was not nice. He was not polite. Galatians 3, when I opened my email, Steve sent me the, oh, you are in Galatians 3, and I read, oh, my God, what has happened here? He's a being man. You know why I'm preaching this this morning here? Because I want you to come back for your home to do something different. Talk with your children today. You start to inspire, uh, to give inspiration for the heart of our wife today. Stop to check that website today. Give up on this. Come back. Repent. Galatians, is our time now. So he's writing here. When the leaders lose this prophetic voice, when it's not nice, when we cannot preach a list of things, it's the beginning of the end of the church. It's like in Revelation, that church. Oh, you are rich, but you are miserable. So, when the church loses this, he starts to corrupt the gospel. Uh, the worst feeling that I had in my life was when I was preaching. I would invite for, for a friend to preach in this kind of prosperous church. And I just discovered when I wasn't there. And I said, okay, mm, I'll try to be nice. Oh, my God. I betrayed Jesus. I did. I stay whole week without uh, courage. I was not brave enough to look for Giovanna's eyes, to look for the Lord to pray. So shame of me. And I put in my heart, never more this will happen. Never. I don't need this money. I don't need to be recognized. I don't need cameras, websites. I don't need, I just need the glory of the Lord. Not a fake revival, a fake marketing, advertising, fire of the Lord. I need the real fire of the Lord. So, if God call you to be a singer, a preacher, whatever is your gift, your skill, please be a prophet. Please stand in the word. God will honor your words. God will be with you. The gospel is against the culture many times, very often. Stay in there. How about you? Be strong. Take hard decisions in your home. What's your problem in your home? Is the internet some kind of websites? Is the behavior? Is stop it today. Repent. Come back, Galatians. This is, in my point of view, the first ingredient, how to kill a church. Boom, kill the prophetic voice. Make the preachers puppets. Make the pastors hostages. And you start to kill a church. Second ingredient is in the test. Paul said, hey Galatians, it will start so well. Your beginning was in this spirit. That's the second one. <laughs> You start with the Spirit, and after beginning by means of the Spirit, did you receive the Spirit? It's parts of the text. He's saying, but now 
you are going for the uh, works of the law, for the flesh. <coughs> Our church dies when loses its flame. In some moment, something happened. Now, in some moment, in the beginning of this church, they were full of joy. And this spirit, dynamic power, and the New Testament is a Greek word. 120 times is in the New Testament. Means explosion power. Can you imagine if you take a time machine uh, to back in the, in the beginning of the Galatians church? I wish be there. Let's praise the Lord, everybody praise the Lord. Uh, let's preach and let's share in the gospel full of joy. In the spirit, because when you walk in the spirit, there is no obstacles, there is no barriers, there is no distance, oh, I don't have money, there is no excuses. You are full of the spirit. And this church was like this. In the beginning, in the past, was good. They had a great time with the Lord. Every service full of enthusiasm and joy, real love, true love. Then something happened. In some moment, somehow, they stopped to listen. Their culture, the, the Jewish guys, they start to come to the church with uh, fake teachings and teaching about the law. Hey, this is wrong. This is not nice. You need to come back to the law. And they lost the flame. They lost the joy. They lost the energy. I am the church. You are the church. I remember, and I, I love that text in Luke uh, 24. When they are walking to that village, how do you say English? Emails? Emails? Two uh, disciples walking uh, because Jesus died. So everything is done, it's finished. And they're walking to the Emails, and a traveler came, which is Jesus, uh, and, and they didn't recognize, and they start to talk. Do you remember the, 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 the history? Luke chapter uh, 24. Hey, What's up, mate? Oh, okay, good, good. Why are you having talking uh, in the way? You don't know? Yes, I don't know. And they start to share with this traveler about what happened. Yeah, the, Jesus, the great prophet, powerful in miracles and word before the people. Look, their vision about Jesus. And how the the high priests and the Romans, how they kill him and blah, blah, blah. They start to share with this Traveler. Oh, I can imagine the conversation. Oh, we walked with Jesus for three years. It was amazing. Miracles. Oh, do you remember? Tell him that part. Oh, once he walked on the, on the waters, it was amazing. And multiplied breads and fish and healed the blind man. Wow, it was so exciting. But in the end, if you read Luke uh, 24, in the end, one of the disciples, he said, but... Now, is the third day uh, that he died and the dream is over, it's finished. Everything now is just that yellow and old picture from the past that you have in your shelf. When you open, oh my hair was so funny, that clothes are horrible, but you were happy. And now, oh I remember the times when God used to come from my house to have a tea with me, but now everything's so dry. I'm so sad, I don't understand why. Now is the third day, everything's gone. So the reference of the healthy spirit spirituality was the past. 
some moment in the past, like the Galatians, was so good. Oh, you have to see, and they start to tell, come on, there is nothing new from God. Oh, God is not creative anymore. You don't know, young man, 30 years ago, this church, hmm, was amazing. You don't know, my time was good. We had no money for nothing, but our hearts was flame for the Lord, our night of praise. This is amazing, but what happened? Hey, Galatians, what happened with you? Oh, you know what happened? A new generation come. And this generation, they, they lost their way. They, because the, the sentence that this disciple in Luke 24, he said, we had hope that he was. Everything is in the past. He was the man who was going to redeem Israel, but it's finished now. No more mission, no more desire of God, nothing more to do. And that's why we are going for a small village, emails, forget about Jerusalem and everything was happening there. Well, everything's different now. We had no hope anymore. Jesus <coughs> filled up our hearts with hope, but there's uh, the end now, nothing rests. Nothing, there is nothing for us now. I like Deuteronomy chapter 6. I love it. Because after the first five books in the, in the Deuteronomy, God asked for the, the Israel people, hey, now you are going for the promised land, Canaan? Canaan? Canaan. Have double way. Canaan. 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 The promised land. It's easy. <laughs> so good to have these other words too. Um, hey, before you go for the promised land, stop it. And Moses asked, and everybody oh, I was sitting on the floor and whatever. Stop it. Now, God, now I want to make you people, my people. I want to make you remember, reminder of everything from the beginning. Then you go for the promised land. In chapter 6, verse 12, God's saying, please, when you go for the next level, when you go for the next step, when you start this new part of your life, please do not forget me. In other words, God is saying, don't lost your identity. You are starting so well. Remember in the beginning? Remember when you had the hungry of God? Remember when you drove for a house? I want, I need to pray. I don't know why. Remember when you were, you were eating the Bible? 2003, 15 years ago. I hate math. Oh, my, my girl's here. <laughs> 2003. I don't know, I was 26, 25 years old. I remember this day. I was on my desk working. At the time, I was a full-time pastor, 700 miles away from my original city, working in the church full-time. And that moment was March 2003. I felt myself a liar and a fake pastor. 
because I look for my shelf with that books that I love it, which, which was really hard at the time with no internet. Well, yes, internet, but not like today. It was very hard to get that books. Lloyd Jones, Stott. Oh, in my country, one book like this was so expensive. And I had all of them. But my heart was so dry. My soul, my eyes, everything dry. Was a Friday. On Saturday morning, I was uh, to preach. I was going to preach on Saturday morning on a very special uh, moment in the church. And I asked, Lord, what? What are you preaching? A sermon from a piece of paper? Where is my passion? Because I'm praying here, but just words in your presence. Where is my heart? <coughs> Theology. More and more information. Where is my heart? And I down my knees and I start to pray. God, please, I don't want to forget where I came from. How was the beginning? Why I'm here now with a nice salary, with a nice house, with everything, and so dry. But years ago, when I had no money, no conditions, no nothing, I was full of joy. Where is this? What happened with me? In that moment, I remember one situation. What happened in my home? I was a kid. I shared with Steve another day. I was a child. My mom and my dad, they, if, you, if you talk to them about, uh, do you believe in Calvinism or Arminianism or theology? They say, what? This is food? <laughs> they don't understand the laws or the rules of the deep theology, but they love the Lord. And I remember this. My brothers and sisters, uh, older than me, I was a very small child. And my dad was uh, employed, no job, no money for nothing, a deep crisis in our country, no money for nothing at all. And my dad was in the street selling stuff, trying to get some money to buy the lunch and come back to buy the dinner. It was a horrible situation. And, and my family was there. It was the lunchtime. My brother, my sister, everybody was hungry. And mom, we have no food. And my mom, she said, of course we have. Mom, we don't have. Prepare the table with the very nice stuffs. Nice cutlery, nice napkins, very beautiful, nice glass. We will have the best meal in the last years in our lives. My mom, with no food. And my older sister, man, are you crazy? No. Okay. At the time, uh, this, the children used to be obedient for the fathers. <laughs> <laughs> now, and she started to prepare everything. Oh, with my brother, my brother, my mom's crazy, my mom there. Then they prepare everything, and around the table, nothing to eat. Now, we will pray to thank God for the food. And my brother like, mm, okay. And my mom starts to pray. When she finished to pray, someone uh, ring the bell. Ding dong, the bell, the gate. And my sister was there. Oh, it's Yvonne. Yvonne was a neighbor, lovely lady. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Oh, I just received a call now. She was the only 
laid in our street with phone, landline. I receive a call now from my relatives. They were coming, but the, the car is broken, something happened, and just me and John, her husband, and we have tons of food here. We don't want to eat all this. Do you want some? <laughs> and now I was dry and empty in 2003. For my parents, there is no room for this kind of questions, why God? There is no, this question, why I'm suffering? Why I don't have a car to go to the church? Why the sun of 40 degrees? Oh, it's amazing, Brazil. But when you have a normal life, you have to work. And at the time, the, the Christians used to uh, use Thai and sweet to go to the church. In that sun, I don't know why. In that sun, with kids and bags and walking, oh, have raining the last night with mud, with the, the trousers and the, everything, with no money for nothing. But no questions. There is no questions for God. Our aunt, she lose his son, 23 years old. He died and was in the, uh, in the thing in the cemetery there. And she said, I have no questions for God. He is amazing. He's awesome. He's our God. I love him with all my strength. What happened, Galatians? What happened with your faith? What happened to our enthusiasm with your fire? You start so well. You start in dynamic power. And now the culture, the postmodernism, the theological liberalism is in the church. Now it's not nice to pray too much. Now it's not nice to be confronted by the word. We lost our flame. In the Himalayas, Jesus started to share the word. You know the history? He went in the, in the house, they start to, oh, let's have a tea, a coffee, and Jesus prayed for the, the meal, the bread. They recognized him, and then they said, they talked to each other, hey, I know this feeling. I remember this. Are you feeling the same? Something, I don't know, uh, it's like a flame. It's like a fire burning again. Are you feeling the same? Yes, I am. So let's do something. Okay, uh, let's come back. Yes. And straight away in that moment, at once, they come back all the way back. Oh, but it's dangerous, the road. I don't care. Oh, but this is a long journey. I don't care. Oh, but I don't have no conditions, no money, no food, no nothing. I want to come back because there's a flame in my heart important in everything because when your heart is burning, you don't see any more obstacles. When the church dies, when she lost this, she lose this. Now, I really have a feeling, a sad feeling in my heart that maybe for some of us, these words that you are listening, you just fall on the wayside and the birds you take out. I have a feeling very sad that some of us, you leave this place just to come back for their normal lives with no thirsty, with no hunger of God. But if you remember just these two points, to be a prophet of God and to keep this flame burn inside you, slip away from the things that you like 
put your knees on the floor and cry for your sins. Before I go to the bed this evening, talk with the Lord. Lord, my heart is dry. Spend time with Him. One hour crying, begging, weeping for your life, for the glory of God in your life. How does often your children see you pray? Are you afraid to confront them? Uh, if you keep reading, reading Galatians, you see in chapter 5, and you have another happy end, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, the life in the Spirit, all these you will see in the next uh, sermon Sundays. But today, I ask for you, come to the throne of the grace. Change your habits. Repent for your sins. If you are not praying, if you are not reading your Bible with passion, is something wrong with you. If everything gives you more enthusiasm than Jesus, the great high priest, crowned with many crowns, the son of living God, the rose of Sharon, the lily of valley, if this don't put some passion in your heart, there's something wrong with you. You are the church. We need to stand to preach the truth. Because our God, even if weak silence vitals, vitals of life, our God is a specialist in resurrection. Our gospel doesn't end in the cross. Our gospel goes into the third and glorious day. There is no weapon against the church. There is no death. There is no Satan, demons. I don't care about Satans. I want the glory of the Lord. Because we are the church of Jesus Christ. You are the church of Jesus Christ. Your family is the church. Lift up your cross in the bedrooms of your children. Go there. Take the phones from them. And say, let's pray. Let's love Jesus. They can learn. They can learn everything in the school. They can learn theology. They can learn the life of the prophets. They can learn the life of the great men of God in their history. Take the direction of your family. Be a man. Be a woman of God. Put yourself, catch yourself in fire for him. God wants to resurrect his church, your family, your faith, your gifts, your talents, your skills. He bled for you. He bleed for you on the cross. God hates the sin. God hates the sin. Isaiah 59. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short or uh, his ears too dull to hear or too short to bless you, to save you, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and hidden his face from you. God hates the sin. But God finds a way in the top of the mountain, of that hill in Calvary, to punish the sin. And now you have the chance, the opportunity to bring your sin 
to the cross, to leave this place with a new attitude, with a new decision. And God will bring you life again. Life again. I'd like to invite you to pray. With reverence, let's stand. Close your eyes. Don't lose this moment. <coughs> Close your eyes. I'd like to invite the elders to the front to pray for the people. This is your moment. It's you and Jesus. It's you and Jesus. There is nothing more important than Jesus. Nothing compares to Jesus. <clears throat> I'd like to ask for you to find someone for your, for your family, husband, wife, kids, dad, mom, relatives. If there is no one from your family here, that's okay to pray for your family. Pray for a family if they are not here. Pray for a family if they are here. Where's Giovanna? Come here, please. Look for your wife, for your husband. Give the hands together. Close your eyes. Come here. It's okay. Lord, I want to thank you for my wife. I want to thank you for my kids. And I will ask you, Lord, please forgive us. When we put all the entertainment as a priority and not the life of prayer. Oh Lord, look for the families of this church. We are our church. Come, Holy Spirit, in our houses, in our families, in our conversations. Restore the conversations, restore the understanding, the forgive the healthy conversation around the table. Oh, come with your blood, Jesus, and your children, and your lives. Heal our families. We ask forgive. We repent for our indifference as parents. We repent for our heavy and offensive words inside of our house, screamings and shoutings, we repent. We ask for your Holy Spirit, build the altar of worship in your homes, in our kitchen, in your bedrooms, in everywhere. Our families is yours, Lord. Amen.